ComC is excited to announce their latest grading partnership with PSA, the largest and most trusted third-party authentication and grading company in the world. With over 30 million raw cards available through our marketplace, ComC is expanding upon our effortless grading experience for you to buy, sell, and grade your sports, Marvel, and TCG cards. Don't forget to submit your cards for grading today with ComC Direct to Grading. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. In today's episode, the Super Collector Series continues, and the focus of the Super Collection we're going to talk about today is one that we've not hit on before, female athletes on trading cards. Yes, we have had NWSL conversations before with Parkside cards. We've had some WNBA card topics come up from here, you know, here and there, but we've never had an entire collection that is focused on female athletes, and we are going to do that today by talking with and Marie, otherwise known as Women on Tops on Instagram, she's going to come on and talk a little bit about her inspiration, why she loves to focus on female athletes and trading cards, the story she's trying to tell with her collection. It's a great conversation, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Hi, this is Pat Hughes, Cubs announcer, coming to you from the sports card shop in beautiful New Buffalo, Michigan. The Gocher family has built an incredible place here for collectors to buy, sell, and trade cards and memorabilia. Be sure to stop by and let them show you around. TheSportsCardShop.com, connecting sports, athletes, the hobby, and collectors around the world. Hi, this is Tony Rice, and I'm here to tell you the Gocher family has done it again. They just opened a sport card shop in downtown Valparaiso, Indiana, and it is awesome. If you're a collector, you need to check this place out. Tell them Tony sent you, and they get a free gift on your first visit. Well, today I am joined by Anne Marie. She goes by Women on Tops on Instagram, and we're going to have a conversation about her collecting focus today, and that is primarily female athlete trading cards. So Anne-Marie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here. Love to uh, nerd out about some cardboard with a fellow cardboard nerd. That's right. It's, it's always fun to have cardboard conversations, especially I love the, the opportunities to highlight the focuses that different people have in the Super Collector Series. And, and as I've talked about before, they are all over the board. But this is the first time we've had I've been able to talk to somebody who has female athletes as their primary focus of collecting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Maybe let's start with when did you get started collecting? Sure. So like a lot of people, I started collecting cards with my dad and, you know, with my friend group. I was a huge baseball fan. I was a huge basketball fan. And this is like the mid 80s. And. I just love collecting cards. Going to shows was part of my childhood. And I, you know, if Brian Taylor had worked out with the Yankees, I would be retired right now, like, like many people. And um, it was a way to connect. It was a way to, um, you know, have fun and, you know, uh, manifest my fandom. And 
1992, I like most, you know, 13 year olds uh, that love sport. I read Sports Illustrated for kids. And in 1992, they put Mia Hamm on a card and it was like the world opened up. Right. And I remember Anne-Marie ripping. I still have a card ripping that out of the SI magazine. And clearly young Anne-Marie didn't appreciate that one day grading would be very important. Mm-hmm. And maybe since that PSA 10 card sold for $25,000, I, I could have been a little bit better at ripping it out. But that to me started a, when even when I was collecting the basketball and the, and, and the baseball cards, always looking for those women's cards because that just was revolutionary to me. And like most people, we our, collect, our, our collection changes, we pause, we have life stuff, we become adults and have like really lame things that we have to do, like buy houses and fix houses, and buy cars and fix cars, right? All that lame adult stuff. Um, and, and now I think my, I, I exclusively collect, collect women's cards basically over the, the last maybe decade or so. So you mentioned collecting both with your dad as well as your friend group. Did you have both male and female friends who were collecting cards when you were young? Yes, it was mostly males probably, okay. right? I had, one of my very good friends loved comics and kind of got me into comics that way. Uh, but most of my collector friends were were probably were probably male um, and, and people that played on my team. Um, so that was, you know, just part of my peer group. What did you play? What did I play? I played basketball, soccer, and softball. Softball was like my real love. Like I think about like Dot Richardson. And even today, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like the one of one away from the Dot Richardson metal rainbow, right? And, uh, you know, I collected a lot of Magic Johnson cards because Magic Johnson was like my favorite player growing up. Um, so, you know, that was reflected in, in my collecting. You talked about too um, the Mia Ham being kind of one of those first times you you saw a female athlete you know that that stood out to you on a trading card back in the early '90s. I can only think of a handful of you know there were the there was a little bit later in the you know '94 you had some of the World Cup Upper Deck World Cup mm-hmm. cards that had you know the the female soccer players. You also had um, classic four sport that had a few female Mm -hmm. athletes that were that were out there in the early 90s but i don't remember a lot of products being produced that highlighted female athletes at the time it actually what's interesting is a lot of the cards that were being produced were in europe so you know looking back now like there's always that sense uh you know as i'm a i'm a college professor that like women started playing sport with title nine and that just isn't true. Title IX was when women's sports became a, a more of a commodity or a marketable product that they had to. But women have been playing sports. You know, I have cards from you know the late 1800s, right? My a lot of cards from the the, the you know 1990s. A lot of them are you know European cards, European. You know, Cynthia Cooper's first card was out of the Italian league, mm-hmm. Jackie Joyner, Kersey's cards out of Europe, um, tennis cards out of Europe. So in America, I wasn't going to a sport card store and seeing female athletes, but they were being produced. And again, the advent of the internet, the advent of the sort of digital e-commerce opened up a whole new world um, to this, which, you know, really has been a boom for, for niche collectors. 
So how did that collecting focus change? You mentioned, you know, at first you were collecting everything, right? You were just collecting cards when you were young. Now you mentioned that your focus is, is primarily, you know, exclusive to female athletes. How did that evolve over time? You know, or, or what were some of those drivers as you think about the last 20 years or so that helped that transition kind of be solidified to, to what your focus is today? I think it's how your interests change, right? So like, this is where I, I get nerdy professor. Your uh, People's sport fandom peaks in your late teens, early 20s, and then decreases, right? And I think for me, again, I, I'm a sport marketer. So like, I'm a professional sport fan, right? For me, I think as I got older, my interest and my focus kind of changed a little bit. I know for me, I collect a, I collect female legends. Like people ask, what do you collect? I say, I collect women's sport legends across generations and across sport. I think in the last maybe five, six years, I started asking myself, what story am I telling with my collection? Right. What's a, what's a driving narrative. And I think for me, I've tended to now focus on the athletes that are, have been, transformative in sport that have transformed sport and through their, their work with sport has actually transformed society. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's the narrative that when I, when, you know, when I'm at the national and I'm trading cards, right. It's the, you know, how does this card fit into that story that, that I'm essentially telling cards being little pieces of, of artwork. Right. So for me, I think it used to just be, I want to collect everything. Sure. And I now I, I, you know, I, I try to be a little bit more selective about it. I mean, I have so many cards, right? And now it's really thinking through that, that arc of, of what I'm presenting. So what does that look like for you? Do you, when you narrow down these transformational athletes that you want to focus in on, do you try to get still get a breadth of the different cards that they've been featured on? Or do you kind of highlight one or two, you know, based on, you know, one of their first appearances on a card or, or the most scarce right. or autographed versions or, or right. do you have some combination of all of that when you kind of think about what you want to obtain for your collection? So I think there's uh, like, I think about it in terms of current athletes and past athletes. I prioritize, for instance, if I think about, Athletes like Babe Diedrichson, Althea Gibson, Wilma Rudolph, Jackie Joyner. I will always prioritize cards that were made in that athlete's uh, lifetime, in their sport lifetime, right? So that's one priority that I have. I think the other is um, the breadth is really important to me. Like I've always, but people have always said like, you could probably have, you know, a more, you a, 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 you know, a greater depth of, of cards if you only collected basketball and soccer. But I like really love my ice hockey cards and I mm-hmm. really love my Olympic cards and mm-hmm. I really love my tennis and my golf cards, right? Yep. I, I tend the breath, I think is really important because athletes have had an impact in each of those individual sports. And I think that story is real or like media and art representations of cards. You know, I think having a Hannah storm card is part of the story of the women who've narrated sports for us. Right. 
or custom cards of a league of their own, right? Gina Davis. Like, I think for me, it's part of the story of women's sports through cards. There's also athletes. I just like, I just PC, right? Like, I, I, I can't have enough Wilma Rudolph cards in her lifetime or Babe Diedrichsen. Katie Smith is my big, you know, basketball PC, right? Because that, to me, that was my favorite, you know, women's basketball player. So some athletes, it's like the, can you have too many, right? Um, but it might be like, for instance, um, at the National, right? Probably some of my favorite cards that I've promoted on Instagram is part of that that transformational story. So getting a, you know, a Sabrina upper duck exquisite Nike swoosh auto on a Kobe Bryant Pronto four, right? That is a, to me, a really interesting cultural artifact when you talk about how the story of Sabrina and Kobe's relationship is so embedded in, you know, Sabrina's marketability or a Naomi Osaka card in terms of, you know, Naomi Osaka, or you think about someone like Simone Biles, right? Mm -hmm. Um, who's, uh, who paid the price to make mental health a narrative in our society, yep. right? And, and so for me, those kinds of cards that demonstrate that I think are particularly impactful. So if you ask me, you know, I, I'm not interested in a Lisa Leslie one of one 2022 prism. Um, I, I'm more interested in, you know, I don't know, a Lisa Leslie college auto card. How do you, so I love this idea, right? I love this, this concept of your collection telling a story through those athletes that you're acquiring. Mm -hmm. How do you go about telling that story? Is that something that, you know, you're putting it together and you know that story or are there ways that you proactively weave all of that together to, to share the story that is being built because or through your collection? Yeah, I think that was a big driver of starting my Instagram account, because I think partly it was, well, I have these cards and I'm really interested in narrative, but what's the fun if you're the only one that gets to read the story? Right. So I think, you know, I started my Instagram as a way to connect with people, but to also show off, not show off in like a showy way, but to present this storyline. Right. Or to talk about these athletes or to talk about, you know, some of the, the messy ways that our society talks about female athletes. Right. It's I think a time where, you know, it's been interesting since the U.S. Women's World Cup loss and just the the ability and, and you see this in the worst part of our hobby, in the worst part of the Internet, where it's given a it's opened the door to just misogyny. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people saying, why do men hate Megan Rapinoe and women tend to love her? Right. Because the the people you know she could have just put her head down signed some endorsement deals but didn't right that the transformational athletes often are the ones that don't put their head down right that 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 you know push us to be to be better to to, to think about these things so you know part of it i think for me is using these cards as a way to tell that story yeah. even if it's messy like for instance I have Margaret, I have Margaret Smith court, court cards. That's a tough one because what do you do with athletes that you vehemently oppose 
like everything about what Margaret Court represents, I find reprehensible. Unfortunately, bad people are also good at tennis, mm -hmm. right? So for me, people say, how can you collect, you know, Margaret Court? And, and part of it is because the, the narrative is messy. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to be honest, we need to also tell that story. So they're like Martina Navratilova, Margaret Court, dual relic is one of the weirdest cards, right? Like God bless Leaf. I mean, Leaf made, I love my dual auto Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan card. It's so awkward, but what a, mm -hmm. like, what an awkward card. What a brilliant narrative. Do you have any, any favorites? Have you, have, if you think about a couple that are, that you've been able to acquire that stand out to you as, as the most significant to you in your collection, are there any that, that come to mind? Um, I mean, a couple, I mean, that Nancy Kerrigan one, Tanya mm -hmm. Harris is like fantastic. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, ones that I think are really, I mean, yeah, there's like a ton. I have like a, I have a, a, a Cheryl swoops card college card at Texas tech when they won the national championship that has a freshman Katie Smith in the background. Right. That's just an interesting card where you have these two goats and you have the senior swoops and you have, a Katie Smith, um, the Margaret Court Martina Navratilova dual patch is. I hope there's an intern that like got that under the radar and got fired somewhere. There's like an in, like I'd like to think they didn't do that on purpose, but like I salute you, whoever is that made that card. Um, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of you know even some of the European cards that I that I think about some of the um, some of the Olympic cards from the 1930s. Mm -hmm. and uh, some of the visuals on, on, on female sports and female representation. Um, I think there's lots of cards that do some really interesting stuff. The Lisa Leslie um, card that um, Rittenhouse did when she was pregnant, I think that's a pretty significant card mm -hmm. um, in terms of visual representation. So, um, and these, again, these aren't necessarily the most expensive cards that I, right. that, you know, I own some of the, you know, the, uh, in terms of vintage cards, you know, Sonia Henney is probably the most prolific athlete on trading cards. Some of, some of those cards I think are, are, are particularly valuable. So. Are, are there any that you're still looking for that are kind of on your wish list? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, I got the Katie Smith, 1999 uh, rookie platinum card. I really, I, you know, that's a card that I'm really looking for. Um and then there's all kinds of cards that you don't know exist until you see them, right? Like that's the, that's the exciting part. Um, but I mean, you never have enough. I think also for me, a change has been in the last, I would say 10 years is um, I don't need multiples of rare cards. Like for instance, like I had two Maya Moore rookie autos to 33, 33, of this rookie auto variation of Maya Moore. And I had two of them, two out of 33. And I went, you know, I, 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 you know, one of the collectors online had been looking for that card for a long time. And, you know, I brought it to the national because I knew if I brought it, I would trade it to him regardless. Cause, and part of it was why should I have more than one? Right. Like if, if the whole purpose of the hobby is the people and spreading joy why would anyone want to have cord cards? Mm -hmm. 
right? That's anti, I would think that's anti what we're trying to do with the hobby. So, you know, I made a trade with him and actually through that trade, I used part of the trade value to get the Osaka card that I, and, and I, I messaged him, I texted him and said, look how cool and awesome this card is. Part of the story of me getting this card is I traded you the Maya Moore card. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and I think that's why, you know, sometimes when I look at, you know, cards and investing and stuff like that, it, um, I guess maybe, you know, people would say have as many rare cards as possible, like that Maya Moore card. But what is the psychic income that we get for putting that card in another collector's hands? Over these last couple of years, you know, we've got Parkside producing NWSL cards. We've got multiple WNBA products coming from Panini. Um, over these last few years, there's, there's, you know, there continues to be female athletes highlighted in products like Allen and Ginter or Upper Decks, you know, Gaudi products and, and some of those other multi-sport products. Mm -hmm. So we've had, we're, we're starting to see an increase maybe of, of female athletes portrayed on cards. We've got the, the Bowman U, you know, um, NIL based cards that we're, right. we're starting to see. Are there any specific leagues or athletes or um, sports where you wish we would start to see additional female athletes highlighted or, or how, how would you like to see that representation of female athletes on trading cards expanded in these coming years? Well, I mean, it's good business. Women's women's sport cards is great business, right? The biggest, I'm not going to put my academic, the biggest predictor of spend in sport is fan avidity. Women's sport fans have a higher fan avidity than men's sports. We know that. So, for instance, there may be less uh, female collectors, but our average spend is going to be more, right? We've got a huge year coming up, right? We've got the Summer Olympics. We have a Cricket World Cup. We have Pan Am games going on. Like, it's crazy to me that Sydney McLaughlin, a transformational track athlete, has no cards, how is it possible that there are only two cards available from SI for Kids of Katie Ledecky? How is that possible? Right? Like, like, that's just crazy to me. If you ask, and again, I talk to and give away tons of cards and talk to collectors, right? How many, and, and how many Katie Ledecky cards would people want to have in their collection? Right? Someone who's, who's you know, passing Michael Phelps's uh, records, right? Um, you know, Simone Biles doesn't have that many cards. Like, the, you know, it's one of those things where, where I am always amazed, right? People can talk like Leaf, for instance. I have great conversations with Leaf at the National, right? I, I love Leaf products, right? I'll buy Onyx Pride that, you know, so many collectors are like unlicensed, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't have like, there's, there's been so few products historically for women. I'll give me unlicensed. I think female collectors are way more opening to unlicensed because we just want someone to authentically create our cards and, yeah. and, and give us something to collect. So, you know, I think, I think women's sport cards are good, are good for business. And that's why we're seeing companies get in the game. What role does community and friendships play in your hobby enjoyment currently you know you mentioned when you were young mm -hmm. that was a big a big component of it right how there's different people who have community and friendships and and those types of things 
some some people that is a, a big part of why they collect and a big piece of the enjoyment they get. Other people like the fact that you can be a collector and be, you know, isolated or you right. can have your alone time and do that. What role does community and friendships play in, in your collecting experience? Well, I'm a power extrovert, right? So like I will put that out there. We're literally paying for pictures of cardboard of like, you know, like, I, like people will make fun of Pokemon collectors and I'll be like, you're literally buying pieces of cardboard of millionaire and billionaires, right? At least like Pokemon, there's a story, right? For me, like humans are emotional creatures that think we are not thinking in emotional creatures. We are, we are pack animals. There should be no surprise that our hobby peaked during COVID because we were never mammals that were supposed to socially distance. We're terrible at it. Even the biggest introvert in the planet is an emotional pack animal, right? So for me, it's a big part of, of, of what I collect. It's, it's a huge connection piece to that. And that's why I think it amplified for so many of us during COVID because we used cards as an excuse to find our tribe when we were cut off from all the things that made sense to us. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I mean, I, you know, I've been involved with uh, an organization, Women in the Hobby, that started a couple of years ago, promoting female collectors, but it's connecting with, you know, the vast majority of, the majority of people that watch women's sports are men. I'm gonna, I, I would, I don't have the data to back this up. The majority of collectors of women's cards are men. I, I would, I would stake my Tanya Harding, uh, uh, Nancy Kerrigan dual auto on that one. And I really like the card. Uh, so, you know, part of it is for, for me, it's really all about, it's all, it's all about connection. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. You know, and you, you mentioned the women in the hobby Facebook group, you mentioned, you know, the, the involvement and in, in building that community. Have, have you found an opportunity to um, give back or help promote the, the, the women who are collectors or help promote this idea of, of females also being a right. vibrant part of the hobby community? Have you found a way to kind of give back into the community at all? I know one thing that I, I started uh, last year is uh, through my Instagram, I found that I was getting contacted by coaches and teachers, teachers who have started card collecting clubs, and a lot of coaches who would say, I love to give cards away to my, you know, my team who's, you know, elementary school soccer, and I coach co-ed, and I only have men's soccer cards, and I see that you put women's soccer cards, and it sort of got my brain kind of rolling, and I started reaching out and saying, Hey, if you're a coach, if you're a parent, I will send you women's sport cards. Tell me how big your league is. Tell me what your club is. And, uh, I started partnering for instance, for national girls and women in sport day, I worked with, um, the Buffalo after school program and they did a celebration of women's sport. And I went and gave out almost 2000 women's trading cards. I am every week mailing cards out. And what's great is it's, it's, it's an initiative where it doesn't cost coaches or parents anything. And what's been fun is I have collectors, you know, other wax pack heroes who go, I rip a ton of product. And then I'm surrounded by tons of base cards. You know, can I just ship it to you and you can send it? So, you know, 
on one side, I have collectors reaching out, sending me their cards, and then I'm packaging them and sending it out to parents, sending it out to coaches, sending it out to teachers. And by the end of summer, probably next week, we'll send our 15,000 card out um, for the year. So it's been a really fun product and project. And it really it goes to my goal of, I want to help give another female or even boy that moment of saying, oh my God, there's women's sports trading cards, right? How do we recreate that moment? Because kids can't, kids can't visualize it if they can't see it. It, so if somebody wants to get involved with that and maybe contribute some cards for you to give away, or if they want to maybe yeah. reach out to you to, to talk a little bit more and learn more about some of these athletes that you've shared and, and, and hear and see and read right. about some of these stories that, that you've been talking about, where can people find you? So the easiest way to find me is on Instagram, which is women.on.tops. And I, I want to say thank you to Tops for not suing me for trademark <laughs> infringement and the commitment to not ever sue me. Um, but you can just hit the message button and send me a message and say, Hey, I, you know, I haven't seen the bottom of my desk in two years. Can I send you women's cards or, Hey, I have a, 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 you know, a basketball team and I'd love to give out WNBA cards. And, you know, that really is a great way to link those of the community that want to help represent girls and women in sport and those of us whose maybe partners and spouses just want us to not have stuff all over our desk. It's a, it's a community service in both ways. Very cool. Is there anything else that you would want people to know before we go today? I don't, you know, I think one of the greatest things that we can do in the hobby is tell our stories and whether that's through Instagram, whether that's through, you know, any kind of portal, I would encourage people to, even if you don't think, when I started this, I didn't think anyone cared. I didn't think, I knew people collected cards, but who wants to follow a dorky women's sport account? Everyone, it's, you know, the hobby is big, but every single person has their own unique story and their own unique contribution. And I just think across the industry, we need to be present and tell that story and find connection because every time we do that and put ourselves out there, I think our hobby is better for it. Very cool. Hey, Anne-Marie, I really appreciate you spending a few minutes today sharing and telling those stories about your collection that now a whole bunch of other people are going to get a chance to hear. So thanks again, Anne-Marie, for coming Thank on. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, how was that for some passion? If you've got any female athlete trading cards that you'd like to donate to Anne Marie's project, reach out to her on Instagram. Women on tops is her handle. And she'd be more than happy to connect you with how to get those cards to her. If you'd like to just reach out and maybe connect to the women in the hobby Facebook group, she'd also be able to point you in that direction as well. I hope you enjoyed hearing a, another perspective of a super collection in the hobby one that we don't necessarily hear about all the time, and so I'm glad we got to highlight that today. We will have some more Super Collector conversations as well as some other great topics coming up over the next several weeks. I hope you are all having a great wrap-up to your summers out there. That's all I've got for you today, so I'll catch you next time.